Brian Barnett is just a regular guy. He's not a doctor. He has no legal license in any field of mental or emotional health. Brian Barnett merely shares the insights he's gained from his personal experiences for anybody who may choose to use such information as he or she personally chooses, while accepting full responsibility for his or her own individual thoughts, feelings, behaviors, and actions. Brian Barnett assumes no responsibility whatsoever for anybody's individual choice to expose himself or herself to any information that Brian Barnett shares. And by listening to this program, you're acknowledging that you, and only you, are responsible for your own thoughts, feelings, and actions. Happy Thursday, everybody. Welcome back to The Last Symptom. I'm Brian Barnett, the creator and host. Today, being November 28th, it means that today is Thanksgiving here in the United States. Big holiday, and everybody's getting together with their families. They're traveling long distances on the road or by airplane to be with their families who live out of town. They're all dining on turkey and uh, pumpkin pie, mashed taters and gravy, green beans and being that it's thanksgiving i almost decided not to do this program today here's the thing even more important than it being thanksgiving it's also black friday and you're asking yourself how can it be black friday if it's thursday well black friday you know is the day where stores have all these deals and everybody is running out to do their shopping for christmas And every year, it seems like Black Friday begins earlier and earlier and earlier. In fact, uh, at the beginning of this week, I was getting emails from different places saying their Black Friday was starting Monday or Sunday or Saturday of the, you know, this past Sunday, Saturday, Monday. Black Friday, you know, is the day where people line up in these tremendous lines outside Walmart. And then when the doors open, they trample each other. Uh, They beat each other up and they trample each other to be the first one to get to that television that's been marked down $100. So I figure, well, there's people who are going to be a lot of stressed out people today. they got to spend it with their families. They've traveled long distances on the road to be with their families. And then when they get to be with their families, their families want to talk about things that make you want to pull your hair out. You know, the families are the ones who have all these emotional disorders that passed them on to you, and maybe you're dealing with that. Also, uh, shopping means you're traveling around in your car a lot, and maybe you're standing in line a lot. For these reasons, I decided, well, my podcast might be just the thing today for people. So I'm going to go ahead and record it, and I'm not going to skip a week, and uh, maybe nobody will hear it, <laughs> because you're all out doing, doing your thing. But maybe a few people will hear it, and uh, maybe it'll be just the thing they needed today and uh, will help them relax and deal with these things a little bit better. So let's just go ahead and get into it. The question today that I'm addressing is, is declining attention to hygiene a sign that borderline personality disorder is getting worse? Well, the question deals with personal hygiene, but let's apply it to anything. Is declining attention 
to anything, a sign that borderline personality disorder is getting worse. Well, here's the answer for everybody. Borderline personality disorder does not get worse. And for this answer to make sense, you have to understand what borderline personality disorder is and what it is not. First of all, let's begin with my credentials, just in case you're listening to this program for the very first time, because the last thing I want is for you to get the idea that I'm simply guessing at these things. Secondly, I'll explain why borderline personality disorder itself does not and cannot get worse. And then finally, I'll give you some insight regarding the personal hygiene question. Credentials. I personally had borderline personality disorder, unaware, for the first 35 years of my life, as powerfully as anybody has ever had it. After a major crisis, which resulted in me discovering that I had borderline personality disorder, and that I had lived with it for my entire life completely unaware. I spent the next seven years becoming an authority on borderline personality disorder in the interest of eliminating it from my life once and for all. And this is something I achieved, and it's an experience that I use to help others now so that they can do the same thing for themselves. For the record... 35 years of direct experience, plus 7 years of intense analysis, followed by the real, measurable results of being authentically cured. This outweighs any doctorate degree on the planet. So you can trust me. The credentials are important because the world is overrun with authorities, I say that in air quotes, on borderline personality disorder who do not genuinely understand what they're talking about. These are the same authorities, air quotes, who wasted the first two years of my recovery with outright falsehoods and misdirection when I was desperately searching for insights, and all I had access to was their style of conflicting, erroneous information. When I say erroneous, I'm not always referring to dramatically erroneous information. But this doesn't matter because the information that is most destructive by far is of the subtly erroneous type. And this is the category that pretty much every other voice on this subject falls into. You say, well, that's a pretty arrogant statement. No, there's no arrogance to it at all. Listen, I was the person looking for answers. I've sampled all of that information. I've had to determine which of it was accurate, which of it was inaccurate in order to get where I am. All right? So when I say that almost, well, every source of information, every other source of information that I've seen on this subject includes subtly false information that will get you off course and going down the wrong direction for a long time and waste a lot of your recovery years. Um, There's nothing arrogant about this. I'm simply stating the fact. It's the fact, and I'm trying to save you from being misdirected in a non-constructive way like that, where you just uh, lose a lot of time and effort in going in the wrong direction. 
So now that we've set the groundwork for this discussion, let me tell you why borderline personality disorder doesn't get worse. Borderline personality disorder isn't defined by its symptoms. I've said this many times in the past. Instead, it's defined by its cause. And this is worth making a note of and thinking a long time on. Let me say it again. The thing that defines borderline personality disorder, that makes it what it is, is not its symptoms. Rather, it's its cause. In other words, seemingly out of place, dramatic emotions is not borderline personality disorder. An aversion to intimacy isn't borderline personality disorder. Cheating isn't borderline personality disorder. An inability to manage money well isn't borderline personality disorder. Are you getting the picture? None of the symptoms is borderline personality disorder. Behaviors, thinking, feelings, none of these things are borderline personality disorder. What borderline personality disorder is, is the thing given birth to these behaviors, thoughts, and feelings. It's the thing given birth to the seemingly out-of-place dramatic emotions. It's the thing given birth to the aversion to intimacy, you see? But the thoughts, feelings, and behaviors themselves are not the disorder itself. They're simply the symptoms. The influence that borderline personality disorder has over thoughts, feelings, and behaviors are symptoms of, of the disorder. They're not the disorder itself. The cause of borderline personality disorder, that is to say the thing at the root of it all, this is what borderline personality disorder is. And the thing at the root of it all, this cause, is constant. It doesn't fluctuate. So why is this subtle distinction important? Am I just splitting hairs? The distinction is important because exactly one-third Exactly one-third of the authentic cure to borderline personality disorder is accurate information. You see, it's the straightening out of subtle, nuanced misconceptions about the very nature of what the disorder is and then of what the true nature of feelings, of self, and life is. Understanding these things accurately is imperative for genuine full recovery. Now, I mentioned to you that one-third of the authentic cure to borderline personality disorder is accurate information. What are the other two things? It goes like this. This is the formula. Number one, genuineness in approach or sincerity. Number two, accurate information or education. Number three, insight. That's the formula for authentic recovery from borderline personality disorder, the cure. So now what is the true cause of borderline personality disorder? We've been, we've been kind of tiptoeing around it, but now we're going to address it directly. You've been told lots of things, haven't you? For example, 
the experts, air quotes, really get their kicks regurgitating the lie that it is trauma, trauma that is at the root of the disorder. They want to paint the idea in your head that you're dealing with some strange form of PTSD or shell shock. This is a lie. You've been told that the sensitive personality you were born with is a contributor or the cause, right? This also is a lie, and it's one of the worst kinds of lies because it furthers the belief in people who are already struggling with false misconceptions about the inherent nature of feelings, self, and life, that the cause of the disorder involves some inherently defective thing about who they are as people. This is malpractice and incompetence on the part of the quote-unquote professionals. Reject it. Well, I'm not going to go into every single lie you've been told. You know, if you go to my website at thelastsymptom.com, you can find more information about that. But you get the idea. There are a lot of lies, and we'd be here all night if we covered every one of them now in this episode of this podcast. So, what really is borderline personality disorder? In other words, what is the true cause underlying it all. Borderline personality disorder is the result of living with the following two unconscious beliefs. Number one, my feelings are inherently irrelevant and shameful, devoid of worth. Number two, if my feelings are inherently irrelevant and shameful, devoid of worth, then so am I. That's it. I just described for you in fine detail the entirety of what borderline personality disorder actually is. It is these two unconscious beliefs. You might not have even been aware that you were living with them. These two beliefs are what naturally give birth to all the resulting symptoms that is, the naturally resulting thoughts, feelings, and behaviors that come from living with these two beliefs. Now, just real quick, what is the opposite of borderline personality disorder? In other words, what foundation do perfectly emotionally healthy people live on by contrast? Emotionally healthy people live with the following two foundation certainties. Number one, my feelings are never good or bad, right or wrong. Number two, my feelings always inherently matter, and so do I. So spend some time imagining how these two healthy, fundamental certainties very naturally influence the healthy person's thoughts, feelings, and behaviors as they navigate life. And here you might have always thought that these people were faking being content and having harmonious lives. No, they're not faking. They don't have anything to fake. The underlying concrete certainties about the nature of feelings, self, and life that they live with accurately interpret the reality we all live in, which then naturally results in lives 
that harmonize with reality. And I'll spend some time contrasting this with the two fundamental beliefs that form the bedrock of the person with borderline personality disorder. Can anybody who lives with the certainty that the very nature of their feelings are shameful and devoid of worth be content? No, of course they can't. Can anybody who lives with the certainty that they themselves are devoid of worth truly love themselves or be willing to fully open up and experience true intimacy with others? No, of course not. These two fundamental beliefs don't naturally lead to those things. They lead to the opposite. Every single symptom that's associated with borderline personality disorder traces back to the two fundamental misperceptions about feelings, self, and life that I detailed for you here. How did those unhealthy subconscious certainties get there? Was it trauma? No. Trauma did not cause you as a child to adopt these erroneous perceptions. Instead, it was the environment you grew up in where you received regular, ongoing, subtle, false messages. And how were these messages communicated? Through trauma? No. Remember, borderline personality disorder is not shell shock or PTSD. Borderline personality disorder is not a reflex, like jumping when a loud noise occurs. Borderline personality disorder comes from the poor emotional education we received when we were children. This is what causes us to adopt the two erroneous concepts about the nature of our feelings of self and life. Who were our emotional teachers? Who are every child's emotional teachers? That's right. It's our parents or our immediate caregivers. And the way they educated us incorrectly about the nature of feelings, self, and life had nothing to do with trauma, even in the cases of those who experienced physical abuse. Rather, we received this poor emotional education by means of our emotional teacher's Attitudes. Attitudes. Do you see the distinction and the importance of that distinction? Not trauma. Attitudes. Our caregivers, unhealthy attitudes, communicated false concepts to us day after day after day for years while we were young and figuring out what life was all about and the very nature of things like our feelings, our sense of self and life. This is why they're so interwoven into us today. We were watching our caregivers. We were reading their attitudes. We were being influenced by their attitudes. Their attitudes were influencing every interaction they had with us. Do you also see why disorders and conditions such as these thrive among individuals in these types of families, and they even get passed on to children? It's not because of genetics, another favorite lie of the professional community. It's because most, if not all, members in these families receive the same 
emotionally unhealthy education passed on by the same emotionally unhealthy attitudes. The same erroneous perceptions regarding the very nature of feelings, self, and life get passed on to children, and then on to their children, and on and on. You see, people can't have proper attitudes about what they understand incorrectly. And they can't deal with you with attitudes that are healthy when their own attitudes are unhealthy. So you can't come from a family where everybody shares these same subtle, unhealthy misconceptions and yet emerge with a healthy attitude about the nature of these very fundamental things that determine if we're living with a healthy understanding of life and therefore experiencing harmony in our approach to it, or if we're living with unhealthy, inaccurate perspectives that cause our understanding of life to clash with reality and create disorder and chaos. The original question involving hygiene is a question that deals with just one of many symptoms of borderline personality disorder. You see, anything that is a natural result of the cause of the disorder, those two underlying misconceptions, these are merely a symptom. It's not the disorder itself. So hopefully by now, you can see why borderline personality disorder itself, that is, the thing causing it, cannot worsen because the cause, that is the disorder itself, is merely a misconception about the nature of feelings, self, and life. As such, it's a constant. It doesn't swell and fade. No, borderline personality disorder itself is at the same intensity all of the time. Having said all this, symptoms may come and go. They may intensify and ebb. And in this case, today, the symptom we're talking about is self-care. Personal hygiene and the neglect of it falls into the same category of self-harm. After all, self-neglect is self-harm. Do you see why a person who lives with the concrete, fundamental underlying certainty that they and their feelings are inherently irrelevant and shameful, devoid of worth, might neglect their care or practice self-harm? Think about it. Do these people love themselves? No, they don't. They loathe themselves. When you loathe something, how do you treat it? Poorly, right? When we hate something or we're disgusted or repulsed by it, we don't treat it well. So, if you loathe yourself, do you treat yourself well? No, of course you don't. For contrast, let's go back to the healthy person who lives with the concrete certainty that their feelings are never right or wrong, good or bad, that their feelings and they themselves have inherent value. 
Now, does this person neglect their own needs? No, they don't, because these folks genuinely care about themselves. You see, it's a natural result of their underlying beliefs. And the natural result of caring about something genuinely is that you always take care of it the best you can. This includes hygiene. But now back to the person with borderline personality disorder. We've already established that this person lives with the underlying concrete certainty that his or her feelings inherently do not matter. They are inherently a source of humiliation and shame. By extension, this person himself or herself is inherently also a source of shame and lacks all worth. Do we have to use our imaginations very hard now to understand why this person living with this as his emotional foundation might neglect taking care of his hygiene? No, we we sure don't, do we? Because with context, it begins to make sense. Symptoms like this may intensify or ebb depending on many factors of what's happening in a person's life at any given time. Deep depression, for example, which can directly cause a person to neglect self-care, is one powerful symptom that can directly result from borderline personality disorder. You, You see what I'm saying? You don't have to be a rocket scientist to trace depression back to the distorted core beliefs that I'm inherently without worth and I'm shameful. But if everything else in a person's life is going pretty well, perhaps depression may not be at the forefront of things for a period of time. There may be enough external distractions to keep it at bay. And maybe a person's living a life where the external illusion is powerful enough that life is good. For example, in my personal case, as long as the money was flowing and I was doing well in my career and I had many women clamoring for my attention, I was pretty happy, superficially speaking. Note that none of these external things can create genuine contentment in life for a person who lives with the underlying unhealthy, erroneous certainties that we've defined here, because that never goes away. It's always there under the the surface. That's what forms the foundation of this person, you see. But these things, these external things, do serve to distract a person with the disorder from the painful realities that he or she believes himself or herself to live with. Stress and other natural pressures of life can cause symptoms that have been held in check for all of a person's life to finally emerge. And this might very naturally seem like a worsening of the condition to somebody on the outside who doesn't understand the true nature of what they're seeing. The person's condition is not worsening, but maybe they have less control over the results of the unhealthy thinking that's always been there inside of them. As we get older, we naturally take on more forms of stress from many different directions. You know, you've got increased responsibilities in jobs, new homes, financial pressures, children may come into the picture. That changes everything. 
Symptoms that before were easy to keep in check may suddenly become impossible to control completely. And, you know, people with borderline personality disorder, they're not idiots. They know what's socially acceptable and what's not. So they naturally try to keep many of these things in check. This was certainly true in my case. When I talk about my major life-changing borderline personality disorder crisis, this was not a situation where the disorder itself got worse. I've already explained to you why that can't happen. You can't believe a certainty more than you do. The entirety of borderline personality disorder is built on the erroneous certainty about the inherent nature of some fundamental things, like your feelings, your sense of self, and life. And by the way, when I say your feelings, your sense of self, and life, by extension, this applies to all feelings, everybody's feelings. It applies to everybody as people, and it applies to life. In my case, I simply become unable to manage all of the symptoms as effectively as I had always been able to do. The reason for this was exactly what I just described a moment ago. Increased pressures, increased responsibility, increased stress. I had just bought my first home that needed $20,000 worth of repairs, which I was trying to do myself for the most part. I'd been given the privilege of representing the hospital where I worked with public speaking engagements monthly, and I love that honor. Uh, But there's no question about it that it was a tremendous source of stress at the same time. My best friend in the world of over 20 years was killed in a tragic car accident around this time. These are just a few of the pressures I was dealing with at age 35, which I had never before had to deal with in my life up to this point. So I'm certain that the resultant crisis that I experienced might have appeared to involve entirely new behaviors by outsiders when they were observing my life. But this simply was not true at all. Nothing I did during that period of time was anything I wasn't already geared for. I had simply held it at bay successfully for my entire life. And why had I been successful? I like to compare it to a guy riding a unicycle and juggling oranges. Oranges, simply because oranges form part of my last symptom identity. All right, so we've got a guy riding a unicycle and juggling oranges. For him, juggling three oranges while riding the unicycle is probably a piece of cake. You know, he doesn't even break a sweat. But let's say that every 60 seconds... We toss him another orange, and he has to keep juggling all while riding the unicycle. And we start blaring the loudest, most obnoxious music we can think of, and we bring some people in, they start banging drums. And let's say that we bring in some uh, teenagers from the local high school, and they start shooting spitballs at him. How long do you think it would take before this fella reaches his limit And suddenly the oranges go flying everywhere and he goes flying off of the unicycle. Can we say that he fell off the unicycle because his juggling ability suddenly and inexplicably worsened? 
No, of course not. He simply met his match, and the circumstances became more than he could continue to handle. This is what my crisis was like. The decline of somebody's attention to personal hygiene might fit into this same category. He or she could be experiencing more in life than they can handle all at once. And what's the result? Well, attention to something is going to suffer. You know, as human beings, we, we have limits. We have limits to the number of things we can juggle and give attention to in life before something has to suffer. Another thing it could be is just depression. You know, one major indicator of depression is the lack of interest in self-care. And as we've already explained, experiencing depression as a direct result of living with the two distorted core beliefs at the foundation of borderline personality disorder, this is almost completely unavoidable. People with borderline personality disorder will experience depression those two distorted core beliefs certainly don't naturally give birth to feelings of optimism, positivity, and contentment. That's for darn sure. Quite the contrary. But what we know for sure is that borderline personality disorder, the very disorder itself, is not worsening. It can't worsen. It can't fluctuate. And anybody who tells you otherwise does not genuinely understand the nuances of what the disorder actually is and what it is not. Borderline personality disorder itself stays constant no matter what the rest of us see from the outside. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I hope you're having a wonderful day. I hope you're not getting trampled. I want to remind you one more time to run over to thelastsymptom.com. Take advantage of my free resources there. If you'd like to schedule a one-on-one conversation with me, you can do that right from the site. You can also leave me a donation there if you get the itch to do so. And I want to thank you very much to anybody who takes advantage of that, uh, that feature of my work. Well, here we are, ladies and gentlemen. We've reached... The infamous encouraging finale. As I told you before, when I was a kid growing up deep in the Appalachian woods, we often got a lot of stray animals that we would either adopt or who just hung around for a long time. Well, around this same time, we had a dog showing up that we called Old Ugly. And uh, he was a big old hound dog. And Old Ugly was starving. His ribs were very pronounced. This, this dog was very hungry. So we had often set food out for him. And this Old Ugly Hound Dog began coming around all the time to our front door, seeing if he could get some food. I remember one day my dad caught a mouse in the house. And so my father was able to pull the mouse out by the tail. The mouse was fine, it was alive and he was going to take it outside to let it go. He opened the front door, tossed the mouse out the front door, and there was Old Ugly waiting for his free meal of the day.
not going to believe this, but he opened his mouth like a shark coming up out of the water and swallowed that mouse live and whole. Just gulp, and there it went. <laughs> you could see his throat moving with the movement of the mouse as he swallowed it. That poor dog, he was probably 100 years old by the time he got to us. And he didn't live for a whole lot longer after that, but we did get him fattened up and uh, in better health. Usually with just regular dog food or leftovers from our table, but the mouse certainly contributed.